Hello, and welcome to the podcast for the journal Integrated Environmental Assessment and Management, better known as IEAM. I'm Jenny Shaw. Do you know what's in your household cleaning product? An article in the current issue of IEAM spotlights chemicals that are common in household cleaning products, yet lack sufficient data to allow for proper assessments. Lead author Allison P.K. joins us today to talk about her study. Allison is the owner and principal scientist at Risk Science Services. Hi, Allison. Thanks for chatting with us today. Hi, Jenny. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. Can you just start off by giving us some background on these chemicals and tell us why did your group write this paper? Sure. So polymers are a very large class of organic compounds, and they're essentially uh, macromolecules that are made up of repeating monomer units that are linked through covalent bonds. So it's a very, very large class of compounds, and they have very, very differing subgroups of class. They are used in particularly in cleaning products to impart different mechanical properties to the end product formulation. So you may add a polymer to increase the solubility of the product um, to act as an emulsifier, modify the viscosity of the product, or in some cases act as a dispersant. So for like a spray cleaning product. We actually were tasked by the American Cleaning Institute, or ACI, who were interested in product stewardship, uh, particularly focused on cleaning products, to assess the global landscape of polymers um, that they may use in their products and then to look at data gaps for those polymers related to environmental fate and effects in the environment. We first curated a very large list of polymers. So we used a bunch of available databases to identify a list of 185 polymers um, that we uh, planned to look at. And we did use a uh, refinement approach. So we went through this list and we first identified those polymers that were actually in current use. And then secondly, we went through the list and made sure that they actually fit the definition of a polymer. So the uh, United States actually adopted the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, or the OECD, uh, definition of a polymer. Um, And so we were able to exclude a lot of um, the polymers from the initial list based on that definition. So then were some of these polymers new, or or have they been in use? Uh, Most of these polymers have been in use for uh, quite some time. Uh, When we did our initial refinement, we were able to refine our list to about 65 polymers. And of those 65, I believe it was 48 of them had extant risk assessments. So while there were a very large list of chemicals, there were actually a much smaller proportion of those that had not been assessed for risk. It seems odd that some of these have been in use and there hasn't been much data out there. A lot of that actually comes down to what's considered a polymer of low concern. That's something that's designated by the US EPA and it's based on the relative benign nature of polymers in general, particularly based on some of the physical chemical properties of the polymers. 
So for example, really high molecular weight polymers are not expected to be toxic in the environment because they lack the ability to cross biological membranes. And so therefore, a lot of polymers are excluded from testing because of that. And now some of the some of the values that are presented in your paper indicate a high toxicity for, for some species. Do you have recommendations on how to improve risk assessment for those polymers? Yeah. So I do want to point out that the point of our paper was not to actually conduct either a hazard assessment or risk assessment, but it was really to just assess where there were data gaps in the literature. And so in some ways, it's a good thing that the data we found were for some of the more toxic polymers, um, particularly the polyquat polymers. And those are actually a class of cationic chemical that um, the EPA has set warnings out for. So in those cases, it seems that the more toxic polymers actually have the most testing done so far, which is great. And then there is actually a pretty high potential for read across, particularly for quaternary ammonium compounds. So many of the polyquats that we identified were ammonium salts. And there are a number of available risk assessments looking at those types of cationic polymers. Is some of that proprietary data that is usually harder for researchers to access? Yes, absolutely. And for the reason that you note that it is proprietary data. So a lot of times industry, rightfully so, would not want to share some of that information with their competitors. Um, But we did find in our project that we were able to work with ACI and their member companies fairly well. They were very open in sharing data and information with us. So we don't think it's impossible. We just think that uh, we need to develop closer relationships with industry to promote that type of data sharing. It behooves them to have risk assessments done on some of these polymers, doesn't it? Yes. A lot of times they are testing most of the chemicals that they're using. It's just that once the data show that there's perhaps a low level of toxicity and there's no concern, there's no real push to get that information out there. They may submit it to the EPA or in Europe, they submit under reach and that's sufficient for production and use of the chemical in the U.S. And there's no real drive then to publish that data. In most cases, particularly looking at polymers, they're relatively benign. So even if you were to find polymers in the environment at really high levels, and this would be excluding the polyquats, which have been determined previously to have some level of toxicity, um, that presence does not necessarily indicate toxicity. Right. In the course of doing your research, did you come across polymers that might be highly toxic, but aren't yet on anyone's radar? We did not find any surprisingly highly toxic polymers, and that's most likely due to a number of things we've discussed related to polymers of low concern, where based on the molecular and physicochemical characteristics of many polymers, there is a really low anticipation of toxicity in the class as a whole. And it's really only very specific subclasses, particularly the polyquats 
that would be expected to be toxic. And as predicted, we did find some relatively low toxicity values there. That's good to hear. Okay, Allison, thank you so much for talking to us about your study. You've identified what's out there and where we need more data so people can use your paper as a launching pad to continue the work. We hope people do, and we appreciate being uh, included in the podcast. You've been listening to Allison P.K. discuss her article, Polymers Used in U.S. Household Cleaning Products, Assessment of Data Availability for Ecological Risk Assessment. Access the article on the July 2019 issue of IEAM. Just go to ctacjournals.org. I'm Jenny Shaw, and thank you for listening to the IEAM podcast.